Let's check in with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer, with his view from Victoria. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jill. Not a huge surprise. We were expecting the vaccine certificate, passport, whatever you want to call it, to be announced yesterday. Anything stick out for you? Well, they have been signaling that they were going to be heading in this direction for a while, you know, softening us up for the idea, talking about Adrian Dix's line for the last little while was, well, you can choose not to be vaccinated, but there are going to be consequences. Well, we're getting the consequences. But, you know, it is interesting on the beat that we're on, Jill, to go back and look at what they were saying just a few months ago. There's a there's a quote uh May 25th, Dr. Bonnie Henry is asked point blank about vaccine passports and vaccine access. Uh, And she makes essentially an ideological argument against it. She says that the pandemic has already increased the inequalities in our society. She's not going to be party to any kind of passport or restriction for the unvaccinated. And she says she has the support of Premier John Horgan in that stand, which, as I say, is not a... It's not necessarily a public health stand. It's largely it's a political stand too. So here we are, uh, three months later, and uh, Dr. Henry and John Horgan are standing side by side, saying uh, the restrictions are coming. Um, we're going to have uh, the BC um, vaccine card. It's restriction for non-essential services. But it is a step into the era where the unvaccinated are increasingly going to be cordoned off and given, is it a carrot? You can get access to all these services if you get vaccinated. Is it a stick? You can't get access to any of this. Your options are going to be limited. It's a, it's a major shift in the government's approach. And I think it tells all of us, Jill, just how concerned they are about the fourth wave of the pandemic. And the Delta variant and and what yeah. that could do. Do you think they've also looked at other areas, say, for example, France, where there was huge pushback, there were protests, but what's actually happened is people have gone and gotten the vaccination. Yeah, you make a good point, Jill. Um, the, the premier said yesterday that uh, he consulted Quebec, which was first out of the gate with this, and I think Quebec was influenced by what happened in France, uh, that uh, other provinces he believes are on track. I think you're also correct, Jill, in saying they were a little concerned about what happened elsewhere, that they they held off because of a concern that there could be um, some pushback from the minority that is anti-vax, that is hesitant, and so, you know, in, in their defense, they will say they tried everything else before they went to coercion. And I think that's fair comment. You know, you go back to May, they thought uh, persuasion was going to work. It did work for an awful lot of people. But you heard the number yesterday, what, 776,000 British Columbians. After all the efforts and all the access and all the arguments, there's still 776,000 British Columbians who just haven't gone around to getting themselves vaccinated. And I know Dr. Henry was asked several times about exemptions, and she said no. For yeah. this particular period, there will not be exemptions. Does that lead you to believe that there will, in fact, then be an end date for this? Yes. You know, Jolly, you asked me what surprised me. That was the other thing that surprised me. And, I, and when I heard her rationale, I, I, I understood it and accepted it. But, yeah, her argument is no exemptions, 
other than children 12 and under who can't be vaccinated because there's no vaccine. So they would have access providing accompanied by their parents since we're talking about going to hockey games and theaters and well, obviously, they're not going to bars, but restaurants. So, yeah, uh, she said that there's two reasons why there are no exemptions. So the first one is, uh, the main one is, um, these are not essential services. You're not going to have to be have a vaccine card to buy essential groceries or access health care or essential services. So the second thing she said was this is only temporary. And temporary. So how temporary? The card takes effect uh, September the 13th, but you have until October the 24th to get both shots. So that's how it goes. But remember, you have to have it seven days before because there's the uh, the period after you get vaccinated where you have to wait. So how long? And she said, well, we're going to review this every month. But her hypothetical, her target date is January. So because these are non-essential services, Jill, and because people are going to are only going to be living with this for a while, that's her rationale for basically no exemptions. There was a brief passing message about medical exemption, but I gather from looking at the analysis that that's a fairly small number of cases, and in most cases, um, that can be dealt with through your doctor, your healthcare provider. It might delay the vaccination, but it's a very small number of cases, and they are not creating a, blo- a broad exemption for religious objections or political objections or medical objections. I heard a lot of questions yesterday as well about enforcement and concern about enforcement. If you've got uh, somebody who's quite young, maybe at the front, uh, the first point of contact at a a restaurant. I didn't hear, though, if there were concerns. What if a restaurant goes rogue and doesn't bother collecting the information or doesn't bother checking? Um, Two good questions there. The first is that they said, uh, the Premier said that the government will lend assistance, is prepared to lend assistance to businesses in enforcement if they need it. The other thing they said was, remember, restaurants and other businesses are still subject to all the previous guidelines and requirements. They have to have a vaccine safety plan for their staff. They have to have measures in place for physical distancing if all that is needed. Since we're not going to phase four of the restart program, all of that will remain in place. So you can come at that two ways. One way is if they need help, they'll get it from the province. But the other is that WorkSafe BC bylaw authorities and so forth will continue to enforce the safety in the workplace restrictions. That also will provide protection to the other question we've heard, which is, well, what about staff who are vaccinated, you know, who are going to protect them? And the answer is they're being protected in the way they're already being protected. All right. Uh, interesting. I, I know there was talk as well about the requirements being expanded because now certainly there are questions about other health care centers, yes. uh, education. We're getting the big announcement at 930 today. Uh, did we get any idea on what direction we're going there? Uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of emails overnight saying, well, what about healthcare workers or, you know, people in government and all that? And there was a question to Adrian Dix yesterday, which is, you know, are you going to exp- – will government workers who are going back to work, who've been told they're going back to work after Labor Day, will they be uh, required to be vaccinated and so forth? Dix uh, 
kind of sidestepped. Well, he said two things. He said, we already have restrictions in place in long-term care. Those already have been announced, and you will have to be vaccinated. You've got, I think, October the 12th because of the time it takes to get vaccinated, but that's coming. He said, we are looking at the rest of the health care system on a risk basis. So they went with long-term care first because of the high risk to seniors and people with compromised immune systems in health, in long-term care, so they went there first. He hinted that some kind of restrictions are probably coming for other parts of health care. He didn't go any further than that. He said, I'm the health minister. That's what I'm concerned about. But I got a sense that the government is studying the broader question of setting a good example in its own workplace. And I would think the public service unions are wondering, you know, like, most of our members are vaccinated. Is there going to be anything to protect them from having to go back to work, even, say, a mask mandate for the unvaccinated?